Hey there, and welcome to the Shout Your Birth podcast. On this show, we get candid about all things birth, from the glorious, terrifying, exhilarating, to the traumatic, to the dramatic, all the TMI details that uh, you usually don't talk about with your girlfriends over social media. Um, We dig in and try to get the real story on what it's like to birth a human. On this podcast, we also talk to a variety of experts across multiple disciplines asking the question, how can we improve birth in the U.S.? Our mission is to create a space for connection, healing, and most of all, to help demystify birth. Welcome. It is such an honor to share this space with you. I'm your host, Moni O'Brien. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. As always, it's such an honor to share this space with you. Um, On today's show, I am talking to a dear friend of mine, Caitlin Benson. She is, um, lives in Los Angeles. She's the mom of two. And Caitlin was actually um, one of the first people that I ever presented the idea of Shout Your Birth to. Uh, She and I are co-workers and beyond that or former co-workers and beyond that just really dear friends and we are birthday twins too which comes up in the episode as you can um you'll hear and Caitlin was the first person I ever interviewed for shot your birth so forgive any uh nervousness (laughs) and rambling uh especially on my part um but this episode is really special I think what is um, so wonderful about Caitlin is the candid way that she talks about not only birth and um, motherhood, but just her body and just uh, she has such a wonderful way of bringing you in and she's like completely shameless. guess you can say oh Caitlin I know you're not gonna uh, be mad at me for calling you shameless as as am I she and I have had many shameless conversations so anyway um, I hope you enjoy the first of this two-part series in this episode we dig into the birth story of her first daughter Ellie who was born in the hospital uh, with epidural and what was so special about this birth to me is that this is the only birth I've ever attended outside of birthing my own baby. So it's a really special episode and I hope you enjoy it. Can we start, let's start there. Like, let's tell, like, I'm curious about, um, like, what was your attitude towards pregnancy and motherhood before being pregnant with Ellie for the first time if oh, that was your first pregnancy I like, if you that. yeah I like could not wait for it like I was so excited about it um but I was also trying to be like really cautiously optimistic I had been told by a doctor before that I'd have trouble conceiving um and I had talked to uh my husband Scott about that obviously like really before we even got married um we had discussed it and so we kind of were like really playing fast and loose like not <laughs> not taking like any precautions right. at all because I was just like well I want to end up pregnant so like who cares like this is the person I'm going to marry so like who cares when it happens right like I don't really 
mm-hmm. care if it's like after I get married. Of course, like that's what I think like a lot of society is like, oh, you should do this. But like, honestly, whatever works for you <laughs> works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I was just like, I was super psyched about it um, and had watched like, I mean, I think I became like so obsessed with you during your pregnancy <laughs> because <laughs> I was like so excited for it. Um, but I'd watched the business of being born before I'd had a baby. I'd read a lot about it and, you know, just, I think that it's so fascinating and like, it's so cool that you get to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Like only half the population is even able <laughs> to sure. do it, you know? Right. And, and, and even then, like there's, there's always people who have tons of issues. So I just felt really excited about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you find yourself pregnant. You're very happy, yeah. obviously. And then did you have like a whole plan in place for your pregnancy and birth? Like, did you already have a vision for what that was going to be? Yeah, 100%. I wanted to just like sneeze the baby out and have this painless. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's like very much what I had like convinced myself could happen. But no, no, um, <laughs> no, I had actually not I hadn't even taken a pregnancy test I found out at the doctor because we'd have we'd been having issues conceiving and I went to the doctor and I was like look like we haven't like we've been trying for like six months but like we've also been like very careless for a long time um and I feel like something's wrong and so I went to a radiologist and then um got results back and they were like oh you have two cysts on your ovaries you need to get them removed oh. we're gonna assign you to an OBGYN because I didn't have one at the time that I was like regularly seeing so I went to the OBGYN and I was just like okay what the hell is happening like I guess I'm gonna have surgery and she's like wow. can you take a pregnancy can you take a pregnancy test for me and I said no I'm not taking another pregnancy test I've peed on so many sticks I'm so sick of seeing the negative result. I don't want to do this. Wow. And you're kidding. Oh my she, gosh. She kind of like held me hostage. She's like, look, I'm not going to let you leave until you take a pregnancy test. Like we need. Wow. Need. So I'm like, all right. So like pissed about it. I don't want to do it. And I end up doing it and she comes back in the room and she's like, well, you're pregnant. So wow. Burst into tears. So just so excited over the moon, like Aww. so happy. That's amazing. Uh, so they didn't end up doing the whole radiology assessment or was she having you take no, it because they, she needed to do some tests? She was like, whoever read you this report is an idiot. You do have cysts on your ovaries, but they're really small. And hmm. like, they're the ones that should be there. Yeah. So she was, she was like, so what fascinating what is incorrect. You're actually pregnant. Wow. So, amazing. <laughs> Female anatomy, so much. I know so much of the I labyrinth know. that it is. And I and I of course didn't have. I think I was like six weeks. I didn't have any sort of symptoms. Nothing. Like mm-hmm. I would have had no idea. And I have a really irregular period. So yeah, there's no way. I'm never like oh, 28 days. Like <laughs> checking my clock. I'm um, opposite. <laughs> it's like every 28 days. Had two periods in October. I was like, damn it. <laughs> Why are you back? So jealous. Yeah. So jealous. It's just like, <laughs> it's like Russian roulette. <laughs> every, wow. Every month, like, I don't know when it's going to come. I have no yeah. idea. 
that's oh, yeah. a whole funny trail we could go down, but yeah, yeah. I'd been assigned to this OB and I was kind of like, all right, this is my doctor. Like, this is where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in talking to really you about your experience, you were like, you should like give my midwife a call. She was really great, really fantastic. And I'm like, yeah, I think I do want to kind of explore some options. And I was so glad that I did because as I went through on my pregnancy, there was just like red flag after red flag after red flag about this OB. And it was so clear that like we weren't compatible. Um, mm-hmm. But as, like as someone who was brought up in like a really strict household and like you obey your elders and you obey authority, I, in my mind thought like this doctor is the authority and they know better than I do. Like, I don't, I don't know my own body. They know my, they know my oh. body, they know the system. Oh my and gosh. We have so to pause like, and talk about this. Yeah. Because it's so, so entrenched in the system. It is so, there are so many things. I mean, I feel like there's too many things to talk about in a single episode around like um, your OBGYN, like for first time moms yeah. um, who are pregnant for the first time to me. And the only reason I ended up with a midwife was because of all of the sort of weird drama around my doctors as well, um, yeah. which I think the number one thing was that I didn't really realize that wherever you end up taking your pregnancy test, you're kind of like like assigned to that doctor and then they assign you whoever's going to deliver the baby and it's like locked in. Like you can't just, yeah. you ha- it's a whole process. I tried to change my primary care physician after I'd taken that pregnancy test and it was like a big deal. Like. I couldn't do it. So that was uh, kind of a surprise to me to realize that like that decision is sort of set in stone. Like I think if I were to talk to moms who are like in the planning phase, um, it's kind of like just really asking the right questions of the OBGYN or like of your primary care physician um, to make it clear and try to go early because if you want to change the doctor around, then it's, it's like a whole process. Yeah. And I did, I, I really felt like I was asking the questions that I wanted to ask and the right questions. And yeah, um, at one point, actually the OB said to me, are these your questions or are you getting them from somewhere else? Mm. And <laughs> I was like, you know, what does it matter? Like I'm asking you, mm. she, she had, uh, we were discussing and I, I said, you know, how many, um, what's your rate of C-sections like on, on a, on a yearly basis, how many C-sections do you perform? And uh, she would not tell me. She was like, um, the national average is like 33%. I'm like, I'm not asking the national average. I'm asking, you know, like it's, it's Jan- <laughs> the year starts in January. It's March now. It's been three months. How many babies have you delivered? And out of those deliveries, how many have been C-sections? That's not a difficult question. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the mental acuity to recall those details, I don't know how you made it through med school. Mm-hmm. So it really feels like you're hiding something from me, you know, yeah. and, and it just got increasingly more uncomfortable every visit that, that I had until finally my, my parents came out for a doctor's visit and they were like, you can't deliver with this woman. Oh my gosh. Like, it's unreal. And, and for them to say that, I was like, oh, okay. I, I, right. Validation. But, so did she end up delivering? I don't even remember. Isn't this crazy? No. So, so the, the midwife that both shared, Abby, who's like 
literally yes. the most amazing person in the whole entire world. Amazing. Uh, I forgot really that we even have that connection. <laughs> yeah, really empowered me and gave me the confidence to switch. And at that point, I was like 32 weeks. So of course, I called insurance oh, and they were like, oh, you can't, you can't switch right now. Like, we're you're locked in. And I got in like a screaming match on the phone with them. I was like, I will deliver this baby in my bathtub if you don't let me switch positions. Like, I'm, you know, I, I was like, in wow. tears, phone. like, I'm telling you that I don't feel safe delivering with this woman. And you're telling me that you can't do anything because it's a system. Like, oh, that's that's Good not for you for advocating for yourself. That was something I, I felt I couldn't do that. And which is why yeah. I ended up with Abby and I had a doctor deliver um, Mason and I was not thrilled about that at all. Um, but, you know, you you did. You, it's amazing that you have to go through these hoops like through. Yeah. So anyway, so you advocated for yourself. You're able yeah. to get the doctor switched. Yeah. So I switched to um, a hospital in downtown LA because I lived down there at the time. And I was like, I don't want like a long drive to the hospital anyways. So this was really comforting to me. And it was a team of midwives. Um, every time that I was at the doctor's office, I saw, or at the midwife's office, I saw someone new, which was sort of funny, but honestly, I didn't mind it. Cause I was just like, you know, I don't know who's going to be delivering me. So I might as well just meet everyone on staff. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I loved everyone. There was one woman who I was like, I really hope that you're not in the delivery room <laughs> when I'm there. But sure. everyone else was super great. So, yeah, and I, I had, like you, done the Bradley method, um, you know, like dragged Scott along with me for for three months, for two hours, two hours a week or some whatever, whatever like crazy schedule it is. He was a really good sport though. But um, yeah, had had every intention of like having this um, drug-free water birth, mm-hmm. um, bought the pool that you blow up, bought you know, everything that I needed for it. Um, wow. And then, you know, that's the best laid plans. <laughs> right. I forgot about that. So you had intended to deliver at home with I, a midwife. I was like really, I was like really, really hoping that I would deliver at home. But um, Scott and I talked about it and he definitely wasn't comfortable with that. He, he was like, I really wish that you would go to a hospital sure. thing and so I I like told Abby like like low-key just bring your home birth stuff like sure. I just want to do it in my bathtub um <laughs> I'm sure this is we, what a midwife wants to hear so you guys are not <laughs> on the same page about where this baby's right. being delivered interesting um, <laughs> but I think in the back of my mind I always knew like no I'm gonna end up in the hospital like because yeah. you know it's it's your first birth so like how do you know what's going you just like you you don't you don't know anything like <sighs> you know nothing just like <laughs> sweet little lamb <laughs> I know okay. every time anytime yeah. someone's like this is the birth that I want I'm like okay mm-hmm. like a lot of times it works and then like a lot of times it's just that's not what happens so yeah oh my gosh okay so let's get into the actual labor like okay. you were due in July. Strangely, our daughters were also born basically a day apart, a couple of years yeah. apart. <laughs> so, I, I was doing June now. I was doing June. Doing June. That's was, right. 
I was I was overdue. But yeah. I was like, I'm gonna keep this baby in me for yeah. however long. I loved I loved pregnancy. I felt like I could have been pregnant for ten years and not gotten sick of it. I mean, I just I felt amazing. I had so much energy. I like you know, was never sick. Mm-hmm. Like this I so, know. So I, was, I was in no real rush to like be done with that pregnancy. Yeah. 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 Very much yeah. like I'm so going to let nature take its course. Like, like I want to go the most natural route possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so yeah, my due date passed and uh, uh, like a week passed. And then she was, she was born like 41 weeks in a, in a few days, like 41 and change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how did you know I, when you were in labor? Like, what were the very early signs of labor? So I specifically remember, um, I, I had like prodromal labor where it's like you're, you have like contractions and they, they're regular. They're like, they were every 20 minutes for like days on end, but they weren't painful at all. It was just like, this is kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I had like lost my mucus plug. So I was kind of like, okay, like things are, things are going to start happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had kind of had contractions go on for a while. And then I specifically remember Ellie was born on a Thursday and on Tuesday morning mm-hmm. at 2 a.m. I woke up with a contraction that brought me to my knees. Like <sighs> it was like, oh, Oh my this god. This is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which which it's like I don't know why I thought this, but like having having that like prodromal labor go on, I was like, "Oh, is this a contraction? Like this is so cute. I can totally do this." <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah. this is fine. <laughs> and then and then that like Tuesday 2 a.m. one happened and I was like, "What is happening <laughs> to my body right now?" Yeah. Um the shit so yeah, I labored. Yeah, I labored um, at home for a long time, Um, was in and out of bed, in and out of the shower, in and out of the bathtub. It seemed Um, like days, I remember, because it was like around the 4th of July, and I remember sort of texting with you before 4th of July, and then the day after, I hadn't really heard anything, and it was like, what's happening? Yeah. 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 yeah, it, it was, it was taking a long time and I started to get sort of concerned after that. And I was like, you know what, just like something doesn't feel right. It had been, I'd been in labor for over 24 hours at home oh. and um, I had, I had said to Scott, you know, before any of the labor started, when we were doing Bradley method, I was like, don't touch me during my life. <laughs> leave me alone. I don't want to be touched. I want to be left alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like just, just check on me every once in a while. But like, I, I don't want you, I don't want you on top of me basically. Yeah. That wasn't what I actually wanted at all. When Fascinating. It yeah. But by the time that I needed him to like really be there for me, I couldn't articulate what I needed. So mm-hmm. I just felt very like confused and sort of panicky. And he's like on I remember him being like on the phone with the midwife and uh, she was like, 
I was just like, hop back in the shower, like see if the contractions stop. And I was like, I want to go to the hospital. I want to go where the drugs are. I, I want to go to the hospital right now. And Scott's like, remember, you know, in, in uh, the Bradley Method class, we learned if mommy's okay, and baby's okay, then everything's okay. And I, in a voice so very much like Frankenstein, was like, mommy's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> so we, oh my God, <laughs> we went to the hospital on the ride to the hospital I called you and I cried to you I was like I can't do it yeah. and oh I felt for you. For, you were like I am a little hungover <laughs> <laughs> you're like I'm gonna get myself together and I'll, I'll be there yeah. and I, I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> that's right you had a barbecue support yeah, the July. Yeah. like I'm doing the amazing well and there was something with abby right because you had abby the midwife but she was at another birth or something yeah she was at another birth which was like probably my fault because i because i had switched care Mm -hmm. i had a due date from one place and a due date from another place and i told her the the due date that i thought which like means nothing you know like yeah Mm-hmm. Like, why did I think, I, I guess I thought that I had this like mystical birth power because I had predicted my sister's birth, like mm-hmm. with her dog, like, oh, it's going to happen this day. So I was like, oh, I'm clairvoyant, clairvoyant. Sure. <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah, this, this is going to happen. Right. Um, I felt like so deeply that, that Ellie was going to be a June baby. I don't know why. Wow. Obviously that didn't happen. So, so honestly, her not being there was like mostly my fault oh please <laughs> it's hard to predict yeah she, she was really great she was like I have a backup who can come um if you want her but I felt more comfortable having you come because I was like I don't really want someone that I don't know I, I would rather have somebody that I do know there yes um yeah I guess at this point in the yeah. conversation should have mentioned earlier on I attended your birth yeah <laughs> one of the <laughs> Like most like amazing life changing experiences of my life. I'm so grateful to have been there. Thank you for calling me, and um, it was just so magical. It's so nice to go to a birth without having the to be the one to be the birth the baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember. Okay, well let me let me back up. So we get to the hospital. I go into triage. Um, and they like hook you up to like that the fetal heart monitor and like your heart monitor and like just every everything was like so uncomfortable I was like I feel so strapped in and you get an IV and someone's like checking how far along you are at that point I had been in labor like painful labor for over 30 hours and I got checked and they were like you're four centimeters and I just oh I'm I'm done. Like I just I hate I hate this so much. Oh my gosh! So I uh, became like really obstinate in in triage. I kept taking off the um, the heart the tubes and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't want this. It was a teaching hospital that I was at, so this like little 
19 year old like blonde nurse is like can I put in your IV and I'm like yeah whatever like I I literally don't care about anything right now so you yes that turning point where you're just like I give up how can I like mentally remove myself from this whole situation I'm gonna close my eyes and just die (laughs) and then and then though she looked at the needle and she was like I've never done this one before and I was like get away from me get get away yes oh my god finally got moved from triage they were like do you want to blow up the birthing pool that you have or do you want an epidural and I was kind of like I I'm thinking an epidural sounds really good right now so let's just like let's just do that yeah um they're like all right we have a room ready for you and I was like let's go Mm -hmm. and I had the hospital gown on with nothing on my backside Mm -hmm. so my but without and they're like do you want to cover up first I was like we're in a hospital like let's let's get mm-hmm. moving I, right I just want drugs right now yeah so, yeah um I think you had come in right before I was going to get my epidural um yeah you had walked in and then I left the room I didn't actually I don't think I was in the room they probably limit no. that or something everyone had to leave the room I remember Scott wasn't in the room either um and I had been so terrified of like an epidural needle before birth and it felt like nothing. Like mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I think there's so much pain from the labor at that point that you'll I do couldn't... anything for the relief. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do anything. Oh, Ellie. <laughs> and a hug. Sorry. We interrupt this. It's okay. Sweet girl. <laughs> Um, good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, you, you guys had left the room. You and Scott, I think you went to go and get food, actually. There's like a taco place outside. Yeah. Um, I remember something, there is something to this people coming in and out of the room where the energy kind of shifts. And I remember thinking, I feel like things have kind of stalled a little bit and there was going to be this epidural or I don't remember when the epidural was, but I remember at a point I was like, I'm going to leave and get some food and give you some space from me. Not that I had an impact, but just like, it's interesting how kind of like labor like ebbs and flows. And sometimes people coming in and out of the room can like move the energy along. That's how I feel sometimes. So it's funny too, because like there's stuff that I remember so distinctly from the birth and there's stuff where it's like an entire few hours of of time time. Mm -hmm. where I have to ask, got like what was what was happening during that like who who was in the room what was going on like I don't remember you just sort of like black out because you're so focused on like yeah my body needs to do one thing right now Uh because there's so many people here yeah like yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, I do feel like there's a certain point in labor where it's like for me the first birth was like you're so in kind of like resisting the pain so much and then it gets to a point where you have to sort of like surrender to the pain and you're like mentally going inside like you cannot even outwardly communicate with people because you're just so it it takes all of your energy just to like kind of be with your own body and try to like 
breathe through like the waves and contractions. Um, it's yeah, so which, which was which was one of the reasons like I was so thankful to have you at the birth, and and one of the reasons that I just wanted a midwife for the presence of a female in general because like as great as my husband is, he's not going to be intuitive about birth. Like I I remember getting to a point where I could no longer communicate. It was like right at transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I just lost the ability to like talk to, about anything. And you just came up to me and you were like, you look like you could use a cold towel on your forehead. Here you go. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you just did it. And like, that was a hundred percent what I needed, but I couldn't tell anybody that or, mm-hmm. or find the words Master to say that. So like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just think like, that's, that's why midwives are so important because they just intuitively know, like, you know, I'm just going to like come up and rub your back right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you look like you need right now. And, yeah. you know, it, it like that whole part of the process makes it so amazing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just the presence of other women. It's so powerful. Yeah. yeah. So I remember I got my epidural. I crashed immediately afterwards. Uh, they had to like, bring in that there there were suddenly a lot of people in the room I felt very lightheaded and I knew that something was happening but I was kind of also like it's okay like don't freak out because you're just gonna make it worse Mm. um crashed as in like your body had a bad reaction to the epidural um my blood pressure just dropped completely which is which is normal I mean that's what happens during epidural but like if you don't know that it can be very scary Mm-hmm. Um, I had watched a video about an epidural beforehand, so I knew that was a possibility. So when it mm-hmm. happened, I was like, all right, I'll just like lay back and right. <laughs> let them do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually like knowing all of that information, like really came in hand for my second birth too. Cause it was like, yeah, Hey, this is the thing that I know about myself when you yep. give me this vacation. So like, right. watch out for it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, after, after the epidural, I was like a different person. Like I, I remember you coming in before I'd had the epidural and I was just crying. I just like burst into tears and you, you were like, I'm going to see your vagina. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and that was like exactly what I needed at that moment because yeah. I just needed some like humor Comic relief <laughs> after 30 hours of labor and fighting your way to yeah. the hospital to find you're only four centimeters that's yeah 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 um but by the by the time I got the epidural it was I was 37 hours in and then wow we had another there was another 10 hours there at the hospital right before got moving so I remember you guys came back in the room I started rapping a lot of Hamilton <laughs> a lot of music that's right um everyone was like you should rest you should rest you should rest and I was like no I finally feel like I have energy again like I just like double mm-hmm. myself at that point um and you're like getting so excited to meet your baby anyways you're like rest are you kidding me um yeah yeah and then my water broke on its own at like 9 30 at night wow and I here we go. Like, this is going to happen. And then hours kept on, pass- kept on passing. Um, and then I specifically remember saying to a nurse, I was like, I kind of feel like I need to poop. And that's right. Like, she was like, okay. Um, like that means that 
you know, you might be ready to push, but like a lot of first time moms like don't know how to push. So don't get discouraged. And I just felt so good about the pushing part. I was like, I have got this. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I gave one good push and she was like, oh my God, stop, 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 stop. Like we don't, like, there's nobody else in here. Don't, don't deliver this baby right now. And she left. She was, they were like delivering someone next door. Mm-hmm. Which I know the worst part about being in a hospital is you hear everyone's birth around you. I do remember that about being there with you and hearing all the other moms. (laughs) It was pretty frightening. Or cry or like you would hear a new baby and you'd be like, why isn't this me? Right. (laughs) I remember from the pushing part, I don't know if you remember this, but there, I feel there was a good kind of 20 minute span where you actually had to ask the nurse like three times. You were like, I think I'm ready to push. And she was like, "Mm, not quite yet. Like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But then it seemed like pushing was like so fast for you. From my perspective, I don't really remember. No, I think it was like, it it was just a couple of minutes of pushing when it came down. (laughs) But, But I do remember she left the room and I turned to you. And I was like, you can catch a baby, right? <laughs> yes. Not, You're like, I'm this not... is happening. You were very yeah. upset. She was like, yeah. she was doing her job. And then in the end, it was less work for you. But you were like, by the third time asking, you're like, oh my God, like I cannot wait anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I had, um, I I remember like she, she left the room and then she'd come back like, you know, 30, 40 minutes later and she was like, I can see that you're pushing on the monitor. And I was like, I need to push. <laughs> like, like, secret I, pushing. I don't know what you want. Am I not here to have a baby? Like, are, are we doing this or not? Right. Uh, and so then she was like, okay, like, let's, let's do this one, one good push and like, see how far you get. And then that's when everything sort of like, just started happening. It was yeah, like, okay, this is go time. And I God. remember the the midwife who came into the room, um, I hadn't, I hadn't had her before, but I was like, okay, I guess you're delivering my baby. Um, but she had looked at my birth plan and she was like, look, I know that you wanted a home birth and a water birth. And like, none of those things are happening for you right now, but you seem like, you know what you're doing. So I'm going to stand back and you're going to deliver this baby. That's right. And yeah. I just, I couldn't in that moment fully comprehend like how big her mm-hmm. saying that was mm-hmm. but, but afterwards I was just like oh my god that transfer of power from mm. I'm a medical professional authority yes. yes yes like meant the world to me yes oh wow I'm gonna cry just yeah. thinking about that I do remember there was just so many women in that room like all the midwives in that yeah. hospital and so supportive Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Uh, yeah, every everyone there was really was really great and like had their own like there were women there that were super nurturing and there were women women there who were like a little tougher. Like I I remember like being in transition and saying to the nurse, like, I think I'm gonna throw up and she just took the bag away from me. She was like, You're not gonna throw up. <laughs> like wow. it's not not gonna happen. We're not doing this right now. So <laughs> I was like, Okay, that's okay. what I needed to hear. I'm gonna suck it up. Um <laughs> But yeah, she was born pretty, pretty quickly. It was, you know, just a matter of a couple of pushes. Um, and it was like one Oh three in the morning. And I remember trying so hard. I was like, I don't want to go to 
to midnight. Like, just let's have this baby today. Because right. <laughs> you're just watching the clock the whole time. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it was yeah. the coolest thing I've ever done in my whole life. Like, I could literally parachute off the Eiffel Tower and I'd still be like, giving birth was cooler. Yes. Mountain was just like so pink and rosy. Didn't have any, um, there was no uh, like vernix on her at all. None of that like white stuff. She was just like so slippery and pink and yeah, uh, kind of it was kind of funny. And um, I remember I, I trying to like lift her up because I just wanted to see her face. Uh huh. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, are you checking to see if it's like really a girl?" And I was like, "No, I <laughs> I just want to see what she looks like." Yeah. Um, what did yeah. what did that feel like seeing her for the first time? It's like it's so crazy because you have this image in your mind about like, or at least I did about like what your baby's going to look like, and of course it's not no. anything that they look like ever, right? Mm-hmm. And and part of me is always like babies always look the same. Like I think it's really funny when people are like, "Oh, I want to see your baby," and like, "Have you seen a baby before?" Like. <laughs> like not that different um but it was just so so incredible like you know she'd been inside of me for so long Mm -hmm. and now she was outside and it's like the second that you see them and you connect with this person that you made Mm -hmm. nothing else is happening in the room Uh, like the, the room could have exploded for all that I cared and right. I would have had no idea. Sure. Like, yeah, what a trip. Which, which is <laughs> kind of nice because they're like delivering the afterbirth and like stitching you up and like everything's um, like I was really glad to have the cheap seats for my birth. Yeah. <laughs> not see what's happening. <laughs> Isn't that funny how you forget all the other stuff like the afterbirth delivery and well, in, it's funny. I was asking you that question because when I first saw Mason, I was a little bit like, I, I, I don't think I had like a rush of euphoria or anything. I was kind of like, whoa, you look like kind of weird. And I don't know how to feel. It's just such an overwhelming feeling of like, am I supposed to know you? Like, hello, you are this. It's just such a trip. I mean, it took a couple of days. I feel like once I was home with her, I remember on day two, I could feel like a rush of serotonin to my brain one morning. And I was like, Oh my God, I love this baby so much. But at first it was just so jarring and I just felt so relieved to be through labor that I was like, I was just kind of in shock, you know, like, oh, look, here's you. It was really strange. I I remember like right before having, having to push and give birth, I was like starving and so thirsty and I was begging them. I was like, I have a blue Gatorade right there. Can I please take a sip of it? And they kept on being like, no, 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 no. And like, I knew that I could. I like, if I wanted to drink it, I could have. But I just felt like I'm going to listen to them for whatever stupid reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was so hungry. I hadn't eaten, you know, 48 hours. I hadn't had a lot to drink. I'd been eating ice chips. And after that, I didn't care. I Mm -hmm. like I didn't have food until like 8 a.m the next that day and I didn't care at all because you know once once I got wheeled up into recovery I just spent you know so tired but I literally spent like four hours just staring at her being Mm -hmm. like 
oh my God, you're here and this is what you look like and this is how you move and this is what you sound like and this is what you smell like. And it's just like, it's just so crazy. Yeah. Um, but I do, I, I actually, I very well remember the afterbirth part because the placenta came out and they were like, do you want to see it? And all three of us, you, me and Scott were like, yeah. <laughs> and they lifted oh, yeah. it up to like show us. Uh-huh. And after my placenta came out, I don't know if you remember this part, but this is my favorite part of the afterbirth story. I let out the loudest, loudest fart of my entire life. Like, no, I don't remember this. Intense. And I, I remember having zero shame about, I was like, oh my God, that felt, that felt as good as having the baby come out of me. (laughs) Yes. And then. And then I only discovered later, everyone had left, you know, the baby was up in recovery. Scott had gone with her. You had left the night. Uh-huh. Everyone was out of the room. I was being transferred from the bed to the wheelchair. Okay. And I said to the nurse for whatever stupid reason, I was like, honestly, I'm just so glad that fart happened. <laughs> <laughs> she looked at me and she was like, that wasn't a fart. And I thought, oh my God, did I poop on the, on the table? And she started cracking up and she was like, that was a queef. And we both so hard that I could not actually get into the wheelchair. Like she fell, I onto the bed, she fell onto me. We were just cracking up. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. That is like, so amazing. She's like, I don't know how you're going to react to this, but that is so exactly the sort of like comic, comic relief that you need after like a war zone that literally happens. Yes. You have uh, like no idea how to even process that. Like that was, that laugh was a hundred percent what I needed. Yeah. I'll always remember that nurse for that. Yes. Oh, that's so magical since we're in the headspace of like first time births, like what were some of the key things that you felt like enlightened about? Um, So I think from having a midwife who was really empowering to also having a birth where the, where the midwife at the hospital was like, um, you know, like I'm going to step back and let you do this to also like my, my postpartum checkup that happened, I'd gone for like my six week postpartum and then I had to go back again when I was like eight weeks postpartum because I had like a yeast infection or like something was happening. And I told them, I was like, if you swab me or come near my vagina, I'm going to scream. Like I'm going to lose my mind. And the midwife was like, do you want to swab yourself? And I thought, oh my God, this is a thing that I can ask to do. Yeah. Wow. Like all of those, all of those events combined. Right. You know, giving me, giving me the tools to like really speak up for myself and have agency over my own body Mm. was a huge, huge thing. And it was all like really positive stuff too. It wasn't like I had a horrible birth the first time and like this time I'm doing it this way. It was like, no, I had a really good birth. It definitely didn't go the way that I thought it would. It, Mm -hmm. It didn't go to my plan at all, but looking back on it and reflecting on it, like everything that happened was a really positive experience. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that, that, that kind of equipped me for. Yeah. What a different sort of like. So so different. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. Oh no, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. What an interesting point you make about bodily autonomy and like the power over your body and how it's interesting. I think for most women, uh, we're just really not trained in a way to think that like we know our bodies, like, you know, it's just from such a young age and there's so much sort of like weird stigma around your vagina and your period. And like, um, by the time you get to pregnancy, what I, what I always kind of, um, feel apprehensive about when I meet first time moms or in their first pregnancy is, um, yeah, just this sense of handing over the power. Like, in fact, you know, your body, but we've been so trained to think, um, oh, well, the doctor will fill me in. So I think it's so common for first time moms to be like, oh, you know, they're, they're very focused on like the baby shower, you know, and the gender reveal party and the nursery yeah. and like registries. And like that is where the, the energy is spent. Yeah. All yeah. the bullshit. There's so much bullshit. And, and the attitude towards actual labor and delivery is, well, you know, we're going to hope for the best, um, and show up and see what happens. Yeah, see where this goes. Yeah. See where it goes. Yeah. And my doctor knows yeah. best and we really trust them. And, and I'm always kind of like, oh, you want to it just feels a little bit like how I convinced my partner to take Bradley classes was like you wouldn't just show up to a marathon like yeah why not do some training with your body and some learning and like you know just kind of walk into it somewhat prepared um yeah but so I, I know I, I think it's like blind it, it's in, it's insane to me how many moms can tell you like the top rated bottle, but they can't tell you like how many holes they have down there, you know, or like the stages of labor, like any, just like none of that stuff. And it, and it is, it's ingrained in us from when we're younger to be like, ew, you masturbate. Ew. You've looked at yourself down there. Like, ew, you, you say the word vagina, like that's gross. You know, like there's just so much like crap that, that follows you around from, you're used to being an adult. So it, it makes sense that women are just like, I don't know anything about my body. I'll just let the doctor tell me what to do. Yeah. Yeah. That is, you've perfectly articulated what I feel like the common uh, attitude is like the doctor will direct me. And you're like, honey, yeah. the doctor is not there. Like the doctor's not there till the end. But um, anyway, yeah. I digress. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, well, okay. Let me ask you, do you have it in you to tell Owen's birth story as well? Yeah. It's so, so different. And my, my attitude about it was different just because of how my postpartum with Ellie went and we were in a pandemic when I was pregnant. We are still in a pandemic. (laughs) It's the never ending pandemic. Hey there, sliding in to let you know we're going to actually press pause on this week's episode and my interview with Caitlin, so be sure to tune in next week when Caitlin shares her second birth story, birthing her son Owen, who was born via C-section, just in time for Cesarean Awareness Month. With that, I just want to thank Caitlin so much. It's always 
such a joy to spend time with you and I just appreciate your candor and just the radiant light um, that you share with the world, Caitlin. Thank you again. And uh, to all the listeners out there, thank you. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening today. To keep up with Shout Your Birth, connect with us at shoutyourbirth.com where you can sign up for our newsletter and read even more birth stories. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Our username is at shoutyourbirth. And while we do not accept advertising, we do have a Patreon account where you can sign up for special episodes and other member perks. Find those details in the show notes below. And finally, if you are a nonprofit organization or another social good brand that benefits women, um, birthing women, especially women of color, please do reach out. We are looking to feature special organizations in the outro um, Uh, for totally complimentary, just to highlight and connect with organizations that are doing good in the world. So as always, thank you so much. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me. My email is mani, spelled M-A-N-I, at shoutyourbirth.com. Thanks so much.